You're listening to the King of the Fourth podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. All right, here we are uh, for a game recap from King of the Fourth Quarter podcast. This is uh, Jim with my brother, Mike. Um, nothing positive about the Houston Rockets game. Um, I don't know how much analysis this game even needs, Mike. I, I, it just came down to effort. And, you know, they got out chuff from the free throw line. Um, anytime the Celtics, you know, would cut into the lead in the third quarter or early fourth quarter, they would give up offensive rebounds to stunt any momentum that they had whatsoever. And that's been an ongoing problem since Rob Williams has gone out with his hamstring injury. Their, their inability to get defensive rebounding. Um which I do want to get into a little bit um, because some of that is, you know, execution by the players. Some of that is, you know, the the decision to go small constantly, which Missoula has done since Rob has gone out and the personnel he's using in an eight man rotation. Um, just Mike, I, I, it's a disturbing loss because of um, how they've been going since the all-star break. I, 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 I think they need to look at themselves in the mirror. They're running out of time. He had to figure this out. Um, and there's a, you know, they, we could talk about the shots they were getting were good. So the offense was fine, but no, because against Houston, you can get whatever you want. So when the shots yeah. weren't going, this is a team that you can just continue to go against to the hoop for. This isn't like Milwaukee or the Knicks, where if you get an open shot, you better take them because there isn't going to be other opportunities. Um, you got to know who you're playing. You got to be ready to go. And, and clearly, they were not outside of Jalen Brown. It was it was just a poor, poor game. Um, and you know, another thing we should probably hit on is just how bad Marcus Smart has been. But Mike, the floor is yours. Yeah, the I mean, all season long we've been talking about them being a championship contender because they should be on paper, and they were playing that way to start the season. Obviously, they were the representative for the Eastern Conference last year and the best team in the NBA for about a 30 to 40 game stretch until they were defeated by Golden State last year. The The biggest difference to me between the two teams from last year is that in this year, on paper, the Celtics should be better. But the reason the team was better last year is because they could find different ways to win even when Rob wasn't playing. So if the three-pointers weren't falling, they were making stops. Uh, they were getting to the free-throw line. They were finishing at the hoop. Uh, mainly, they were they were making a lot of stops defensively, like tough defense with a lot of guys and a lot of different roles just stepping up. And this year, since that 21-5 and five start, I think they're only seven games over 500 now since that start. And... For me, what I'm seeing is a team that if they're not hitting their threes, they're not going to win. And you see teams like Milwaukee, they can beat you hitting the three, they can beat you getting to the free throw line, they can beat you going to the hoop, they can beat you on defense, they can beat you out rebounding you. And the championship teams outside of Golden State find different ways to win. And I think designing your team to be like Golden State, to me, what I'm seeing isn't a great philosophy because you don't have you know, the best two shooters of all time in your lineup. And the Celtics are coming off as a soft team. They they remind me of the 
the Houston Rockets team that lost in seven games to Golden State, a team that would miss 22 straight three-pointers and not adjust to do something else to try to get to the NBA Finals. And this team, I think, relies way too much on the three. I think statistically, offensively, it looks good over a season that they're better than last year offensively. They're scoring more points. But I think we're seeing over and over again that they look soft. They can't get to the free throw line. They don't finish at the rim. And they can't make stops at important times of the game. And I'm really disappointed. I'm really let down as a Celtics fan. But I'm starting starting to come around to the fact that maybe they're just not what we thought they were. Yeah, you know, it's, it's since the All-Star break, it's been a different team. Um, you know, they weren't the perfect team they were earlier in the year up until the All-Star break, but they there were signs of that they could win other ways. And Tatum's uh, free throw rate was much higher than it had ever been in his career. Um, they, you know, they were, became a very good defensive basketball team. Um, they were the best defensive rebounding basketball team in the NBA. Um, and that seems like, you know, years ago now, by the way they're playing. It's it just it's it's troubling in the sense that, you know, look, if they had won seven in a row and lost to the Rockets like this, you, you would just kind of say, OK, well, you know, weird things happen during the season. They should have won. But this is coming at a point where, you know, they need to get their shit together and, and they got to, you know. It isn't so much about the result of the games, but uh, how they're going, how they're playing. You know, are they starting to connect with one another? And I just didn't. I didn't feel like they were. They, they gave the effort, the requisite effort to to win an NBA game. You know, early in the game, they were had their, they were causing a lot of deflections, but they weren't coming up with any of the loose balls off those deflections. You know, end of the game too. At the end of the game, end of the game too. Wow. And then, you know, when they did decide to go down to the basket, you know, Tatum and late in that third quarter where he did it three, four times in a row, and Brogdon started doing the same thing. They were getting anything they wanted, and then late in the game, that's what they went back to, and they got well, back they would to cut the it. Game. They would cut it to two points. And then they would do between the legs, between the legs, between the legs. Oh, two seconds left. Let's chuck up a three offense. Yeah, it was some of that, but it was it was also then you go down the other end and look to have a defensive stop and go up three shots to the Rockets or four shots to the Rockets. I am. I, I, um, it, it's frustrating to me. I don't know who they are right now. Um, you know, they, they're getting crushed from the free throw line. It seems like every single night. I was encouraged off the Hawks win because I, I thought they got back to playing Celtics basketball and offense. I, I know the Hawks defense isn't any good, but either are the either are the Rockets. Either are the Rockets. So, like you, I wanted to to see that continue, um, and it didn't. And I also, you know, I, I want to touch on Mike. I I don't. I'm, Before I'm we touch on this, Jim, because. They're also finding ways to lose, like they did in the first half of the season last year. Uh, Grant Williams misses free throws. Jalen Brown's handed a gift in this game with that horrible decision by the Rockets defender to put him at the line and shoot three free throws. And, of course, he misses the first one. So we're down one at the end of that. Jason Tatum has a layup, a layup at the hoop to send this game to overtime. And he, 
He turns well, into the guy did, from, did, I, from you know the area and just chucks it off the backboard. Even worse than that, um, even worse than that, Mike, is that they didn't so the Brown, you know, he hits two or three free throws. I, I can't get too upset that he didn't hit all three. That's but what ended up happening is they had, 40, they had 40 they had seconds. Episodes. They had 40 seconds. And they get a defensive stop, and what do they do? They give up an offensive rebound. And then yeah. they almost get a steal, and what do they do? They turn the ball back over to the Rockets. All so Tatum they had, had to do is call time out. They had two opportunities to get the basketball with, you know, at one point there would have been about 20 seconds to go. And the other point, we're looking at about 12, 15 seconds to go. You know, that's a world of difference in seven seconds. That's two possessions. Yeah. Yeah, Like, they just, they can't close anything right now. And it's frustrating. I I just, to your point, you're finding ways to lose. It's just, you can't finish a defensive possession. And And it's stupidity, too. Tatum just has to call a timeout. He doesn't have to throw that back into play. And then secondly, well, I think on that, he never really had full possession of it. I, I, I kind of wondered if the Celtics got a little screwed with the shot clock on that too. But okay, and then on the the play you're drawing up, you got a guy who scored forty some odd points. I don't know why you're not giving him the ball. He just scored your last basket going to the hoop, but you yeah. decided to go to Tatum, who's not playing very well in that game. Whatever, but you you go into your best player. You draw up a play. Why isn't anybody trailing him to get a rebound? Why isn't Missoula having Cornette behind Tatum to crash the boards or anybody? Well, They're if you all, have someone like, trailing someone on a layup like that, you're just bringing the defender in. I mean, he, he, the guy should be going, but, I mean, time was time was up at that point. The thing I was wondering why they didn't try to do is put Tatum at the foul line and Brown out uh, on the other end of the court and, and get the two-man game between those two guys. Because if the, then if the pass isn't there to Brown, you still have Tatum with the ability to go one-on-one from the top of the key where you can't double. If you do double from the top of the key, people are wide open. But, I mean, what I, I, you can point to a lot of different things. The Missoula issue with me is you when you go small against the Hawks and you're shooting like the Celtics did and the offense is moving like the Celtics is moving, it's fine, right? It, it, like That's what they did earlier in the year. You can stick with that. But when you go small and you're not scoring like that and you're getting killed on the glass, the Celtics have been, over the last two seasons, the best they've been is when they play double bigs. Uh, why aren't we doing that at all? Why are we just going with Blake Griffin? Or why do we go to Luke Cornett late, who's who's really weak? I mean, really weak. Like, you, you traded for Muscala. Um, you know, he didn't shoot the ball well against Cleveland. But the one thing we were both commenting on in real time is how well they were doing in that first half rebound in the basketball with the two bigs that they were in. That was Muscala and Griffin, I think, that started that game. I I don't know why you don't make some sort of adjustment because all the Rockets were doing, it was basically, and the coach, I'm sure, said this to them is, hey, you guys want to win this game. You got to outwork them. You, you, you're athletic. You're long. Get after every offensive rebound. Relentlessly after every offensive rebound. And, yeah. and so, like, the Celtics got to make a better effort, but it's also tough when you're playing guys 
that are six, seven inches smaller than the guys that got guarding and your biggest guy is Al, Al Horford. Like and Missoula has to make some sort of adjustment to help his team there. It's yeah, on the other dis- players for sure, but he's got to do something. The other disheartening part about that is the Rockets aren't a good rebounding team and they were killing you on the offensive glass. They don't even have a center that they start. They're starting a power forward at center last night. And when Cornette came into the game, the other embarrassing part about that and his performance Three straight threes the Rockets hit yeah, to go off 11. You, you were down two when Cornette came into the game. And they hit three straight threes. And it was Cornette's guy doing the Cornette contest, just jumping straight up in the air. It was I, – I, I agree with you, Jim. I, I, I don't know why Cornette was coming in the second half. And this is what I talk about with his rotations. It's like half to half. You don't know who the backup big is. He switches up every game. We have – 13 games left in the season, and he still doesn't have a fucking rotation. No, no, and I, I do feel like like you got to either play Grant or not completely right now because you got to get him ready for the playoffs. And, you know, I don't know what the deal with, like, Muscala's a better player than Cornette, he, and he hasn't played since the Cleveland game. So I, I, I just I, – I'm not – I don't I don't think he does enough to read the game and feel the game and make those adjustments. That said, you know, you can't lose the foul shot battle against the Rockets. The three especially when the three wasn't going. You know, they, they was it was clear it wasn't going. It was clear you could get to the hoop. And they weren't doing it. And then I felt like when they were doing it, it was almost like avoiding contact. And, and then you, you can't lose a rebound in the turnover game like they did, in the transition game like they did. I, I um it's an embarrassing loss. Um, what they've had a, in a season where they've had a bunch of bad losses. Um, so I can't call this the worst one. I, you know, I don't like ranking bad things anyways. All bad things suck. So they just throw them in a pile for me. But they're in, they're in a world of trouble right now and they're running out of time to figure things out. And they're honestly not going anywhere anyways unless Rob can play. And, and, with that hamstring and knee, who knows? So, like, they, this is just not a good situation. Mike, I do think we got to touch on just how bad Marcus Smart – maybe you want to take this before we go – just how bad Marcus Smart has been since the All-Star break and, and the tendencies that he is, he's continued to show um, that have been bad, that have been really bad. I, I don't know if you want to take the first stab at it. I, I, I have some yeah. things that I've seen that are really concerning to me. He's in foul trouble a lot. He got himself thrown out of the game. Yeah. On the offensive side, he's turning the ball over when trying to do too much. So what I'm saying here is we wanted the Celtics to go to the basket last night, but we still wanted to go off movement. We don't want to just turn into ISO basketball. And he has a tendency, since he's come back, to just try to be the man or whatever you call it, going to the basket and then getting cut off and then throwing the ball to – the throwing the ball in the sky, you know, like that's what I call it. Like who, who knows where it's going to end up? <laughs> like I don't, I don't know how to explain it. And then um, he's flopping a lot. And I know Marcus has always been a guy to flop, but like flopping a lot, looking for calls a lot, and arguing with refs a lot. He's uh, he's not sprinting back on defense after he missed his shots. That's a, I mean, that's contagious. The whole team, we're starting to see that. But he's not the leader that 
uh, we're used to seeing. And quite honestly, I don't think he should be in at the end of games. I think it should be Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon if we're going to go the double gods with if we're going to go small at the end of the games. Um, my, uh, it should be White. It should be White over Brogdon. It should be White over Smart at this point. But um, he, he just – and his defense hasn't been great. He's not – He's just not playing well, and maybe he's hurt. He looks like he looked at the end of 2020 when we thought he took a step back. Um, he's hurting them. He's not really helping them, and he's not shooting the ball well. There was a, a possession yesterday where there was the offensive rebound that went to Smart, and I know the statistics say your best opportunity is that first three-point shot off I'm the offensive rebound. But he, he was like two feet behind the line with 14 seconds on the clock. It was contested. It's it, that's a horrible shot. Yeah, especially at that point, I think he had two points, and he was probably like one for five or one for six from the field. Um, and when getting down, get down, getting down, it was working. When getting down, yeah. it was working. I think Brogdon the, the possession before just got off a layup. Yeah, and that and that that one stood out to me um, as just a, and, and he's he's done that late in games now, and he's done that early in the shot clock where. I think there's been opportunities to make one more pass, or even create, you know, a dribble drive to a pass, uh, and get the defense moving for a better shot. Uh, and to your point, where he's just dribbling to the middle of the paint sometimes, with no plan, with no plan, yeah. and throwing it away, and instead of being the point guard and running some sort of set to get your offense going. Like I, I, I know you need aggressiveness, and I know you need to push and run. But you need to be smart, and, and he just has not been. And the fouls rate that he's playing at is extremely high. Um, he's hurt them. And like, there's no other way to put it. Like, he he's been a detriment to them yeah. since he's returned. Um, yeah. And I, I I do you you know I don't know what you said that made me think of this, but getting back to the Missoula conversation, when they went down. When after Brown missed that first free throw, you knew you were going to be down at least one. They could have subbed in Grant and put in an extra big who's just as good defensively for versus you know versatility wise and helped with their rebounding. Um, down that other end, you know, that's they could have moved out Brogdon at that point or somebody to just help your team in that area and didn't. You know, we just talked about game managing things, but. Marcus Smart, he's he's just he's not helping them. He's not he's not calming them down when they need to calm down. He's not calling out, you know, resetting the offense when it needs to be reset. He's forcing the issue, and, and he is playing like a two guard and not a point guard when he's not a very good scorer. And I I just I think this is really po- problematic. I don't know what that brought this is on brought this on because. For the past year plus, he, he hasn't been playing this way. But, you know, his head's not right. It, it's not right. You know, what happened at the end of the game with Trey Young was stupid. Um, you know, it could have it could have been a lot worse than it was. It could have been, you know, no technical on Trey Young. It could have been an AM1 Trey Young technical and brought that game down to four points all of a sudden. Um, and then in you know, last night I I just I know he made a couple plays down the stretch, you know, to force the extra possessions, but he's just not doing enough. Um, to I just want to touch. 
Yeah, I just want to touch on two things as far as Smart goes. Two of the first one is small picture thing. You're right about the Trey Young interaction. You shouldn't have touched him. Like, if you think the guy kicked you in the nuts, go to the ref or you can go up to the guy and get in his face, but you don't have to put your hands on him. I'll move on. There's under a minute left. Yeah. You know the game situation. Move on. And the second part of it, they're in a big road trip where they had an opportunity to maybe cut into Milwaukee's lead a little bit and take um, a step forward, maybe a game or two with with Philly. And, and he's lucky he didn't get suspended. And that would have that would have hurt the team in this situation. I, I'm surprised he didn't get suspended. And something I just want to bring up when it comes to Marcus Smart is when he's off, when he's acting like this, and when he's playing like this. I feel like it has something it's it's a bigger issue within the team that he's a representation that's what's going on with the entire team. We saw it in 2020, uh we saw it at the beginning of 2021 when he was the one speaking out about Tatum and Brown not moving the ball. Uh kind of eh, kind of saying what maybe Ime's message was out loud to the media and I'm concerned about where the head of the team is right now. And you brought up Missoula. I was just thinking about it with this David Stoudemire news of him taking a great opportunity to go be a head coach at the college level. But I feel like the Celtics replaced Ime with a non-Ime guy. They replaced Ime with a Brad Stevens guy. And when I reflect upon Brad, in his last season and a half with this team, they weren't listening to him. And he wasn't a great coach at that time. And I'm, 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 bit, I'm a bit concerned on if Missoula can actually have a hand on this and a handle on this and would have Stoudemire been the better choice? Uh, would they be a better defensive team with an email guy at the helm? I, I, I think don't it's know. something worth it's, it's, it's a fair question. I, I don't know. And as far as Smart goes being a representation of this team, the way he's playing, all I don't know about that, but I know the way he's playing and not playing like a point guard is hurting them. It, it is significantly hurting them. And I, I thought he was a little bit better in Atlanta. Um, but this was uh-huh. – and I, I tell you, the other thing too, Mike, about him returning – it has cut into Derek White's minutes, and I think it's affected Derek White's play. And I, he's not playing at the same yep. level that he was either. And, and you know, they got to figure that out. And you're too late into the year, and there's too much at stake. We, Marcus Smart's failings, we almost got to stop worrying about them. If he's not performing, then the better player needs to get more minutes. Exactly. You exactly. Know? And again, again, to the point, you wonder if you had a more veteran coach that might be willing to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Jim, because Derek White was offering so much more and showed you so much more, and and Smart's just a a mess right now. A mess. And these games have been close at the end. These games that they're losing have been close. The Cleveland loss, the Knicks loss, this last loss. I'm probably missing a loss, (laughs) They've been close. They haven't been getting blown out. And you've had Derek White on the bench for a lot of it, for a lot of it. And I feel like you've brought it up quite a bit that he might have been the difference in some of these games, especially the next one. Um, I know you just 
we're, we're going to get off soon, but uh, I just wanted to mention the text you sent me that you're concerned that the Celtics are going to get blown out tomorrow in Minnesota. Um, I share that same concern. Minnesota's coming off a blowout, too, by the way. Um, they just they just destroyed the Hawks. I, I have a feeling that this could get worse, and I don't like where it's going because then what happens in the offseason? The NBA is drama central when it comes yeah. to this stuff. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. This could get bad. Yeah, I don't. I, I'll, you know, I can My brain can't get to the off season right now, but I do worry about this next game, and I worry about particularly, you know, their ability to rebound. Are they going to stay small? You know, are they going to stay small? And then if they do stay small and the shots aren't going, is he going to make an adjustment? And is that adjustment to go Luke Cornett against Rudy Gobert? Like I. I like how how are they going to react to Tatum and Brown become much more active defensive rebounders, which they need to be. You know they what do they do to get going? And um, Minnesota is not a great defensive team. There should be opportunities against these guys, but they're playing well right now, and um, you're not. So I, I think, and to your point, they have lost close ones, but they lost enough close ones now. What does that do to them? Does that harden their resolve? Are we looking at a major letdown? And I'm concerned that it's we could be seeing a major letdown on Wednesday. I hope I'm wrong, but I am very concerned that that's what we're going to see. Yeah, I'm concerned that they're like the James Harden Rockets. And maybe soft. Maybe they need to hit rock bottom, Mike. Maybe that needs to be it because I'm running out of ideas. Maybe they need to get their ass kicked so bad that they have one of those stupid only player meetings and and they try to get this on track because the close ones aren't waking them up mm-hmm. what they need to do. So I, I, I don't know. I, you know, obviously you want them to come out, play and play well and win, but I, I'm concerned that it's going the other way um, because it, which is unfortunate because you look at this, what this should have been, what this needed to be was like a five and one trip. And, and I, that's, that doesn't look very realistic at this point. So, All right. All right. We'll talk to everyone soon. <laughs> Go Celtics.